Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 877-499-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 877-499-MY-TV. Right now, to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional professional installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $24.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 877-499-MY-TV that's 877-499-MY-TV cancel the cable cut costs and get more call now 877-499-MY-TV You're listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Uh, today's show is going to be special. Who's our guest today? Now we got Dan Brown, who's a longtime uh, sports writer for the San Jose Mercury News in the Bay Area. And they also, of course, are aligned with a number of other newspapers in the Bay Area. So it's called the Bay Area News Group. So it's a lot of folks here. And... I'm, we're going to talk to him about the World Baseball Classic and spring training and maybe even a little final, well, not final four, but uh, the uh, NC2A tournament. And then Dan's wrote a book about the Giants, so we'll, we'll give him a plug on that one because I really like that book. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, uh, we're going to ask Dan about the minor league baseball players going to court to uh, to talk about employment laws if they're not getting the minimum wage. I want to get his take yeah, on that. Interesting. All right, and uh, because uh, we're talking a lot of baseball, that's our trivia theme today. Sounds good. And if you know the answer uh, to our question at each commercial break, email Edward at sportsecon one hundred one dot com. The answer to the question. And just want to remind people, this segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding over 7.5% secured by Bay Area real estate at loan-to-values that are less than 60% on average. It doesn't get any more conservative than that. you got to check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. A couple of things that uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk about uh, later on are uh, the Warriors-Spurs game, is it fair to the fans not letting them know ahead of time that the major stars would not be playing? Okay, yeah, that'd, that'd be, be interesting to talk. Get Dan to check in on that, too, because yeah, be he's uh, obviously covered some basketball. And then also, something about shoe contracts for basketball players. you hear anything about Ooh, that? Man, these guys are getting twice the, the money they're getting for their salaries. But, of course, it's, it's a small number. Of, of players, yeah, but the ones that are getting the money, it's uh, it's insane. Well, if I remember correctly, uh, Jordan made more from Nike than oh, like yeah. uh, the all the employer employees who work for Nike in, in Malaysia or something. Stephen uh, Stephen Curry's contract with Under Armour uh-huh. uh-huh. is, I believe, I'm not, I'm not sure about this, but I believe it's almost twice of what he gets playing basketball. Playing basketball <laughs> per year. All right, stay yeah, with us. Right. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back. 
This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Yosemite Gold Country Lodge has been called by guests a hidden gem, a beautiful place, and a great place with down-home country charm. A stay at Yosemite Gold Country Lodge means that you'll be in the historical gold district close to Yosemite. In addition to complimentary Wi-Fi, each room is equipped with a fireplace, and you could take advantage of the spa tub and a complimentary continental breakfast. Call 209-878-3400. YGCLodge.com. What do you do if your child can't hear or speak? Where do you go? Weingarten Children's Center provides innovative and effective therapy and education services to children with hearing and communication challenges to show that these children can have a voice. Support our programs by attending Tee Off for Our Kids, our benefit golf tournament on Monday, April 17th, hosted at the exclusive Peninsula Golf and Country Club in San Mateo, with lunch, golf, and dinner included. Buy tickets or support today at listenspeaklearn.org. Invest in some fun this season with this deal from Paintball Tickets. With the largest network of paintball fields in North America, Paintball Tickets is committed to bringing you high-intensity fun for a fraction of the cost. With the purchase of your paintball tickets, you'll receive free admission and equipment rentals to some of the most played-at paintball parks nationwide. And by partnering up with like-minded, safety-conscious paintball fields in thriving markets across the nation, we've ensured there's always a field close to home. These tickets, which can be purchased in bulk, are designed to fit the needs of every skill level, from casual observers to weekend warriors. This adrenaline-inducing sport is perfect for birthday parties, corporate team building, or a casual outing with friends. Make the right choice for your wallet. Get in on the fastest-growing action sport with this deal from Paintball Tickets by going to sportsecon101.com and clicking on the Play Paintball button. With the weather changing and plenty of sunshine heading our way, water sports seem to be on everyone's mind. For fun in the sun and water, 101 Surf Sports, located in San Rafael, is your destination. Honored as being the nation's number one stand-up paddleboard shop by the action water sports industry, 101 teaches stand-up paddle paddling, kayaking, windsurfing, kiteboarding, and surfing. Plus, you can rent or buy any equipment you need for your favorite water sport activity. Google 101surfsports.com or call 415-524-8492. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, who's on the phone? Uh, a good friend of mine, Dan Brown, who is a longtime sports writer for the Bay Area News Group. And an interesting story, before we get into the baseball and the uh, hoop topics, uh, Dan has an unusual situation. He, his wife, Susan Slusser, works for the San Francisco Chronicle, and she's the beat writer of the Oakland A's. And Dan is a columnist, as I mentioned, for the Bay Area Sports uh, News Group, so that is in itself unusual to have two to have a husband and wife team working for different papers yeah. in the same field. I mean, Dan, did you guys meet at the press box? How did that happen? Very close. We met on the sidelines covering the same football game way back in 1990. Wow. Uh, UC Davis Santa Clara football game. 
Santa Clara football is long gone, but we're still here. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. And how long has Susan been working with uh, covering the A's? She's been, I think this is her 19th season. 19 years? Yeah. Wow. So wow. When we met, she was at the Sacramento Bee uh-huh. back in 1990, and she was covering UC Davis, and I was a student there working on the student paper. Um, so it was a little scandalous to the students in the, uh, in the, the big city uh, newspaper reporter um, started dating, but was 26 and she worked briefly um, in different spots of the country. She was the Texas Rangers beat writer for the Dallas Morning News. She covered the Orlando Magic back in the uh, Shaq and Penny Hardaway days, yeah. the Orlando Sentinel, and um, made her way back to San Francisco. And uh, only occasionally do we actually ever end up on the same story, but those days are um, unpleasant in our household. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it must make it difficult to have kids. You guys don't have any kids, do you? No, we don't know. Yeah, I was going to say that that would be the supreme yeah, challenge because you're both on the road so much. Well, more her than you because she's the beat writer. Well, I know Edward has some questions he wants yeah, to get into, so go ahead, Edward. Uh, uh, what about the um, about the WBC? You know, and and the World Baseball Classic yeah. to me is is a big deal. But I yeah, I was kind of curious. You, you know, you have some of these uh, players from spring training who are playing in the WBC. And, you know, trying to figure out, like, what's the whole deal? It kind of reminds me of when Babe Ruth uh, uh, toured Japan and, and other countries to uh, kind of introduce baseball. Now, now obviously, baseball's international now. But what, what, what's your, your take on the whole world baseball classic? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, every time it comes around, I'm always a little dubious. Um, you know, I think if I'm a fan of a hardcore fan of a team, I'd kind of rather have them with the team um, under the team supervision. Bruce Bochy is going to handle his Giants guys different maybe than the, uh, the Team USA manager might. Um, that said, once the play starts, it's kind of contagious. Um, huh. You know, it's kind of irresistible to watch the way the fans get into it and the players get into it. And there was a great game last night between Team USA and uh, Venezuela, right? now. Yeah, Venezuela. Um, you know, and the players were really into it and the crowds were really into it and they're chanting USA, USA, mm-hmm. and... Um, that's good for baseball, and I think um, the tournament is shaping up to be a pretty good one. I think, as you hinted at, that uh, it's good for selling the game globally. I think the NFL tries to do this for their games in Mexico yeah. City or yeah, in London, London yeah. but baseball really is a global game. It's played so many other places. It's followed sure. so many other places. And, um, you know, the payoff for, I think, the American fan is of the talent from those places. You know, baseball looks so much different now than it did 50 years ago, and it's for the better. I mean, the talent level is extraordinary. Yeah, how, do, how, do, how do different countries, how do they do it, the qualifications, like to be able to play in that, you know, for, uh, I mean, obviously like, uh, you know, Venezuela and Dominican Republic, I mean, they're going to have good teams, but, um, you know, how, how does it, I don't know like how it qualifies. Israel, so, yeah, exactly. You know, how, how do you think of, they... Uh, in terms of, like, are you eligible to play for that? Yeah. Even if you're born... You know, I don't know. I, okay. I know it has to do with uh, parental lines, because I know, for example, Eric uh, Chavez, who former A third baseman, a few years ago he wanted to play for USA before he was an established star, got bumped, decided he wanted to try to play for Team Mexico because his mom was from Mexico, so he had gotcha. qualified. So I think it might just be a, a single parent um, on either side of the you know, mother or father, but I by that. Can you imagine uh, some conspiracies going on where, like a uh, a, a pitcher gets um, kind of 
he's let's say he's a relief pitcher and the the, the uh, captain of the, you know the team manager keeps him out there for like eight innings you know <laughs> and, and his regular team goes what are you doing to this guy <laughs> you hope that doesn't happen i guess uh, felix uh, hernandez pitched the other night for venezuela and was really shutting the americans down but I, there, there's an example of Maybe in a, if he was pitching in a major league game and shutting down a team after five innings, they'd keep him out there for seven innings. But this is the WBC, and they also know that he's going to be pitching for the Mariners. So you know the managers have to be a little careful about how they use these players, huh? Right, and I think the managers know. And I, you know, they, I think there are some uh, regulations and stipulations in place to prevent guys from being overused. <laughs> yeah, just just like uh, um, little league. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. I think that uh, WBC also knows it. If a star gets injured under their watch, yeah. and if multiple stars get under, uh, injured under their watch, that could very well be the end of the World Baseball Classic. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. It is now. So, you know, they've got to be careful, too, because they realize um, what's at stake for the long-term health of the, the WBC. Yeah, Dan Brown is joining us from the Bay Area News Group. He covers a little bit of everything, but I think baseball is probably his favorite Sport and you know uh, of one of the it is. well of one, it is. It's, it's it's our favorite sport. I mean I I'm like uh, yeah. uh, I'm like our friend Edward here. Uh, I just have been in, into baseball since I was eight years old, and that's yeah. I'm dating myself going back to 1960. But a name that pops up that keeps popping up on on the surface of uh, during spring training is Tim Tebow, who was a great athlete and was kind of a, a freakish player in the NFL. Had some some wonderful moments, but is trying to uh, to make it. And apparently he had a pretty good day the other day, had a couple of singles, made a nice catch in the outfield, best day he's ever had as a professional. But, I mean, is, this guy's 29 years old, former Heisman Trophy winner. Dan, is there any chance he could actually make it to, to a big league club someday, or you think it's uh, – I, I don't think so. Yeah. I think there's one of those things that shows why baseball is great, because it's not necessarily a game of athleticism. It's a game of skill. Um, it's a game of – that takes a lot of patience to develop. So, you know, a good day here and there against some spring training pitchers. But I heard Harold Reynolds one night on uh, MLB Network saying, you know, he was a great hitter in high school. He was great in the, in the minor leagues. And he got to double A and he saw his first good slider. Uh. And he went to bed that night and thought, I should just quit. <laughs> It's right. like well, it's like Michael Jordan. I remember yeah. he he took a couple of years off and went and played. I think a double A ball with Birmingham, and the the players loved having him around. But I think he hit two twenty or something ridiculous. Yeah, he, and you know he was a guy. I, I'd be curious if he'd stuck around a little longer to see uh, if he could do it because he was such a great athlete. I think he was getting better. Um, you know his work ethic, like Tebow, was so famously great that I think those guys, besides the athleticism, can. Really, really, really work hard and get better at their craft, but baseball's so um, specialized. I mean, to hit a slider, to recognize pitches, to know your strike zone, to um, have the internal scouting report on guys you faced before, it takes time. And that's why you don't see guys going straight from high school to the NBA. You know, it's, uh, like in the NBA, you can go straight from high school to the pros or go out of college and all of a sudden make a huge impact right away. You can't do that in baseball. So I am skeptical. <clears throat> I wish him luck, but that's a tough road. Do you remember the movie Major League when uh, Pedro Serrano, he's just, 
I cannot hit the fastball. <laughs> or I mean, I'm sorry, the curve. It was yeah. you know, he got is the that curve. the guy that took the little bone and yeah. was always boning his uh, his bat and, yeah. and putting the little uh, yeah, yeah. Jo- Jobo, the get, little uh, yeah, uh, to, uh, troll who uh, well, was, no, I'm uh, sorry, yeah, trying to put it, take the curse off, curse off. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, Dan, stay with us. We're going to cut to a break. When we come back, uh, I do want to ask you about uh, the minor league baseball players going to court for employment laws. Uh, for uh, minimum wage. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about okay. that when we get back. Okay, here's our first baseball trivia question. And, Dan, if you know the answer, don't answer it yet. We'll let you answer when we come back. All right. Who won the 1985 American League MVP while leading both leagues with a whopping 145 RBIs? That's our question, all right? 1985. 1985, all right? Stay with us. I'm sure you'll have heard of this player since it's only 1985. We're not talking about 1915. It's only 32 years ago. I know. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Incredible. Okay. Email edward at sportsecon101.com, the answer to that question. Uh, Here it is again. Who won the 1985 American League MVP while leading both leagues with a whopping 145 RBIs. And uh, he'll give you a hint, it wasn't Hack Wilson. Remember that? Okay. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. Tired of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall & Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt and Wall & Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall & Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves, and the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall & Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800-480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again, 800-480-5708. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warren Tech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? 
but it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit, but you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan. Here is our first trivia question. Who won the 1985 American League MVP while leading both leagues with a whopping 145 RBIs? Now Dan Brown would have been probably in college or high school at that time, and I bet you he might have the answer. I, I'm, you know, to be honest with you, I know who won the World Series that year. It was Kansas City. Yep. Um, but but I'm, I'm sort of scratching my head here as to who it might be. Dan, you want to take a stab at this one? Yes, as a child of the 80s. We all remember Don Matting. That's right. Don Matting. Very good. Good, good. I was 15 that season, and you don't forget baseball from when you're 15. That's, That's true. Don <laughs> Mattingly, now the manager of the uh, Florida Marlins. An interesting story about Don Mattingly. Dan, you probably know this. When they brought in Barry Bonds to be a coach, I guess he was sort of um, a little bit leery about Bonds coming in. And then when Bonds was there, the players kind of liked him. But Mattingly had always been used to having his coaching staff spend a lot of time poring over uh, film and tape and statistics, and, and Barry wasn't like that, and, and they let him go after last year. And, uh, you know, they, they apparently he just wasn't on the same page, which doesn't surprise me, but, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it speaks to how prepared and hardcore Don Mattingly was about the game, and is. I mean, yeah, uh, I know that's a, I mean, as you know, as you guys both know, Bonds probably knows more about hitting than anybody in the world. Besides being such a gifted guy and all that stuff, he was super, super smart. Super high baseball IQ. But I can see Mattingly's point. I don't think Barry um, was a grinder when it comes. If you want a guy who's going to sit in the film room, break it down, do the grunt work, come early to throw batting practice, all that stuff, Bonds is probably not your guy. No. no, And not that Barry, when he was a player, didn't, didn't work hard. I mean, he was out at the ballpark early and certainly put it in his time, but I think also just the fact that he was so individualistic and just on his own, on his own, uh, in his own world, and yet at the same time, as you mentioned, maybe the best hitter during that period of time we've ever seen in the game, you know, steroids or not, so um, I can see with Mattingly why it didn't work out, though. Well, anyway. Okay, so I, Dan, I want to ask you, there was an article not too long ago about, uh, it says here, a federal judge in California last week certified a class action suit brought by former minor league baseball players against Major League Baseball. At issue is the salary paid to players who never even spent one day in the majors who can earn as little as 1100 a month in the minor leagues. And basically what they're claiming is that they weren't paid minimum wage or overtime even though they worked more than 50 hours a week during the baseball season. Um, it says here that minor leaguers only get paid... Uh, during the regular season, and um, that the, the this commission the commissioner was basically saying that uh, this is more like apprenticeship programs, uh, like artistic pursuits. And originally, the judge threw out previous attempts to certify the class because the players were also seeking payment for off-season training. 
So this the judge deemed the players' ex, inex, excuse me experiences to be unique and therefore did not constitute a class. But by limiting the demand for pay during the season, the players are going to get their day in court. So I'm c- kind of curious to hear your take on this. Uh, you know, it, about the minor leaguers, uh, you know, suing for not getting paid minimum wage. Yeah, which, uh, you know, what's always telling to me is when major league players get sent down to the minors for a rehab assignment, they got to spend some time there, they're coming back from injury, they come back from those assignments with their eyes wide open about what life is really like in the minor leagues, just how rough it is for those guys. The accommodations are bad. I mean, we you know, the, we kind of romanticize the bus rides and watch Bull Durham and that kind of thing, but... The, but they came from that to begin with, usually. What's that? They, they came from that to begin with. It's just going right, back right. down. They uh, get reminded uh, of it. A reminder for yeah. these who, who haven't uh, spent that much time there, but it's, um, you know, it's crazy how little they get paid. It's crazy. I think baseball is one of those sports where you probably do lose maybe some good talent, um, people who just don't have the patience to wait out another paltry paycheck. Yeah. Um, USA Today ran a great chart uh, to go with the, their version of the story. Um, class AAA baseball, the minimum salary for 144 games, 10000 a year, 11000 a year. That's the minimum. Yes. Right. For AHL hockey, you know, minor league hockey, for 76 games, it's $45,000 a year. Hmm. So I don't understand all the economics of how and why minor league players are paid so low. Certainly, I think it's. Um, well, how, how many players are, are are they paying? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah. I, don't, uh, uh, I don't know. And yeah, also, there's triple A, you know, well, single A and double A. Every team, yeah. every major league team has about, I believe, five to seven minor league teams. I think at yeah. least minimum of five, and then they have what's called the the winter league. So they have a lot of, of players that are on their payroll. But you know, you're talking about maybe independent leagues as well. I mean, we have a team, Dan. I, I think you probably know this, right? Just down two blocks from where we're doing this show, the San Rafael Pacifics, who are independent league, they play only three months, and I believe they pay those guys about $1,200, a month, the, the, the better ones. The better ones, yeah. And they know most of those guys are veteran players that are in their mid-20s. They know they're not going to get a shot at the big leagues. They're just doing this to try to keep their, you know, have their fun until they get settled down and have a, a family. There is one guy who's, I believe, from Cuba. He escaped from Cuba many years ago and played in the majors briefly, uh, Mikhail Hova, Hova uh, who has been up here for several years. And I think he's getting paid a little bit more, but he sends all of his money home and they live with host families. So, you know, you raised the point, Dan, about how, how tough it is to get the athletes to to get into baseball. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's, it's not a... Um, necessarily the greatest athletes. It's the it's the guys that are athletic, but also have that skill, and that in itself makes it very tough to cherry pick the best athletes anymore. Because baseball is competing with the likes of football, soccer, and and of course uh, the NFL now. Yeah, I mean you run across a lot of guys like a Stephen Vogt. Um, I don't know, maybe Marvin Menard back in the day, who who will t- tell stories about the time they almost quit. Um, Joe Nathan was a guy who almost quit. Um, and I think that the circumstances of life in the minors probably contribute to that. There's a little side note that nobody might care about. I went to a San Rafael Pacifics game to cover it one night. The great Bill Lee, the great oh, yeah. Bill Spaceman Lee was pitching that night, and it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he, I think he was about 55 or 60. He played, all, he played all positions, yeah. too, didn't he? He, he did. Oh, this was, uh, this was, maybe it was the second time around because he yeah. pitched uh, 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 seven innings of 
uh, one run ball. Well, was that that game? He he. The, the next year he came in and played every position. He like did Campy that, Campaneros, yeah, remember? Two years in a row. But I mean, Bill Bill Lee was an amazing guy. But yeah, that, that you see that thing in the minor leagues once in a while. And that's what makes the minor leagues kind of fun. It is sort of a novelty when you go to the park. You see more than just baseball. They do all sorts of zany things. I kind of I, I think the major leagues do a great job of promoting the game. But it is obviously once they, you get to the show, it really is the show. And uh, you know what is the what is the minimum that are major leaguers are played now, are paid now, Dan? Is it uh, it's about a, a couple hundred thousand, isn't it? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's nothing like it, nothing like it used to be. I would have to look that up, but um, certainly there's a huge discrepancy, and and that is why guys stick around. So they, they realize even if they make major leagues for a brief time, there's a huge payday mm. that goes along with reaching their their lifelong dream. Yeah, well, Dan, Dan Brown is joining us at. Edward, go ahead. You had a question. Yeah, I, I, I can I switch uh, topics sure, for a minute here. Okay, sure, sure. so I'm kind of curious. Okay, uh, earlier in the week, the Warriors played the Spurs. Uh, Popovich decided to uh, uh, keep his main guys on the bench, and Steve Kerr decided, well, you know, this is a good time for me to do the same. But from the fans' standpoint, they didn't know it until the last minute. And I'm thinking, if I'm a fan who paid to to go to that game, I'm guessing those tickets were probably more expensive than the average ticket, right? And I'm going to be really disappointed. Now, they don't necessarily owe the fans anything, but, you know, I would think that if you're going to do something like that, you should really kind of announce it ahead of time. Because that part I don't think is really fair to the fans because, you know, the game really is not the same. Well, I have to say, and I, I know Dan has some thoughts on this, when you play eight games in eight cities in 13 days – which the Warriors did, and when you're a San Antonio team that has used this formula that Greg Popovich has to rest players from time to time, and it's worked pretty well. You've you've been in the playoffs twenty years and, and in I'm, a row. And, and, oh, and I think it's I think yeah. it's I think it's very smart. I mean, the whole idea yeah. is win the championship, and but, I totally agree with it. I'm just thinking that I think it's I think it's, it's a little bit unfair. It's tough yeah, on the fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. I, Dan, you and I get to go to the games for free, so we're not complaining about <laughs> it. But I mean, these guys, these uh, fans are paying a couple hundred bucks, maybe more, for some of these tickets. Uh, you know, how do they? How are they supposed to kind of uh, deal with that? Yeah, it's a good question because kind of nobody ends up winning. Um, I think what you might see, I think Steve Kerr in this instance, Popovich to some degree, and uh, other times as well, it's not just for the sake of their team. I think they're making a protest. They're protesting the schedule that oh, yeah. they created. And I think um, maybe this is a way of keeping this from happening next year or the year after or for ha- having the union or the league take a look at how these schedules are done because it's not just as it's wear and tear on these guys. I think that studies show when you get fatigued, as some teams do, the players get hurt more often. There's yeah. a correlation between the, the fatigue and the, and the injury. I, I mean, you either got to play less games, you got to increase the schedule, or yeah. someone's got to work out the travel situation a little right. better. I mean, because at some point somebody has to travel to be a home, you know, to be an away team. Yeah, and I think we know um, from being out here that the West Coast teams tend to have it the worst. I mean, every road trip is a long road trip, and uh, the time zones get really messed up. The West Coast teams, you know, the Giants, Bochy's grumbled about the Major League schedule, where I think where they played a ESPN Sunday night game and then had to fly back and play the next day at kind of an earliest start. So, you know, this is a protest. The fans lose. Yeah, that's a good point. In fact, yeah, going from uh, playing from uh, uh, Brooklyn and going to play the Knicks is not a big uh, travel thing. Okay, hey, stay with us. We're going to our second commercial break here. 
Who won the American League MVP and Triple Crown in 1956? Mm. All right. That's our trivia question. Email edward at sportsecon101.com. The answer to that question. All right. And don't touch that dial because Sports Econ 101 will be right back. And we still have Dan Brown from the San Jose Mercury News on the uh, line with us. Don't touch that dial. How would you like to earn over 8% per year in your investment portfolio in a conservative investment that has been considered one of the best-kept secrets in investing? At Pacific Private Money, we are actually paying over 8%. Imagine what a mutual fund of low loan-to-value mortgages would look like. Well, that is very similar to what participating in the Pacific Private Money Fund is like, because we own many loans in the fund that are actually less than 60% loan-to-value. It would be extremely difficult to find an investment that yields over 8% with this much collateral. We pay you monthly. Can you imagine earning more in one month than most banks are paying in one year? Of course you have questions about how we can deliver this. So call Pacific Private Money at 415-883-2150 and we will answer all of your questions. You can also visit us at pacificmoneyfund.com. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent. So email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. What do you do if your child can't hear or speak? Where do you go? Weingarten Children's Center provides innovative and effective therapy and education services to children with hearing and communication challenges to show that these children can have a voice. Support our programs by attending Tee Off for Our Kids, our benefit golf tournament on Monday, April 17th, hosted at the exclusive Peninsula Golf and Country Club in San Mateo, with lunch, golf, and dinner included. Buy tickets or support today at listenspeaklearn.org. Yosemite Gold Country Lodge has been called by guests a hidden gem, a beautiful place, and a great place with down-home country charm. A stay at Yosemite Gold Country Lodge means that you'll be in the historical gold district close to Yosemite. In addition to complimentary Wi-Fi, each room is equipped with a fireplace, and you could take advantage of the spa tub and a complimentary continental breakfast. Call 209-878-3400. YGCLodge.com. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Second trivia question, another baseball one. Who won the American League MVP and Triple Crown in 1956? Well, I know that um, 
Dan Brown, our guest, you know, he may know that one. That's two, know that. 14 years before he was born. I was four years old, so I wasn't a big baseball fan then. But I do know that Mickey Mantle won a couple back-to-back, and I believe he won the Triple Crown that year. And the Yankees, of course, uh, won the World Series in 1956. So I'm going to say Mickey Mantle. That is correct. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I got to see Mickey Mantle play three times after the A's moved here in 68. Yeah. I was 16. So did I. I was 16 years old and, yeah. uh, you know, a huge fan of the game. And it was my first year having a having a driver's license. So I drove a couple of buddies of mine to the game. We saw Mickey Mantle playing. By that time, this was his last year. And yeah. He came up and got a pinch hit single in the game against the A's, who were who had just arrived from, from Kansas City. They weren't very good in 1968, but, boy, they became good pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, you and I are, are, are fortunate because we got to, to watch Willie Mays play yep. and Mickey Mantle yep. and some of the some of the, yeah, some Henry of the Henry Aaron and uh, yeah. Roberto Clemente and Sandy Koufax. Yeah, yeah. But Dan Brown is with us from the San Jose Mercury News. And, and Edward, we, we had talked off air about this, and I think yeah. Dan would – find this an interesting topic because this is sports econ 101 we we try to get into a little of the business uh, aspects of sports but edward was mentioning you were talking about these shoe contracts. yeah the, yeah there's something on, on the if it's on the internet you got to believe it right <laughs> um, but something about these shoe contracts that are just getting kind of ridiculous yeah. you know i remember for, you know, for nba players yeah for about. nba yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i guess there's not really too many shoe contracts for baseball or no. football but uh for the nba i guess yeah, yeah. um and I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, the, the millions these guys get paid. I mean, in fact, Air Jordan, he got paid, like, more than the entire country of Malaysia employees, you know, at one, one time. Have you heard, Dan, about this young kid, and I can't remember right off the top of my head, he's got their two brothers, and there's a dad, and he's supposed to be one of the top high school prospects, and his dad's talking about, we're going to get him a billion-dollar shoe contract. I mean, and, 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 you know, that, that sounds crazy, but that's not out of the realm of possible. I mean, what's your read on all this? Uh, you know, I, I don't do a ton of NBA. The sneaker culture is a little bit foreign to me, but it is staggering. And, you know, I realized um, how important it was. I had an assignment not long ago. There's a museum in Oakland, and I should check to make sure the exhibit still exists. But the, um, uh, the Oakland Museum of California has an entire exhibit dedicated to the rise of the sneaker culture. The sneaker culture. It has the original... Wow, Air Jordans and the my Adidas that uh, Run DMC made popular, and you know, some of the old uh, Chuck Connor shoes. And you realize that this uh, evolution of the sneakers is—you can trace a line with the rise of um, sports economy too. Is the, the uh, uh, amount of money being paid to these guys and the success rate with which these shoes are marketed um, is insane, and it's, it's kind of fascinating. Yeah, I mean, there's hundreds of dollars paid to for these sneakers, you know, if you're a consumer. And I guess the thing is, like, with the NBA, you know, uh, sneakers are the main thing, right? With baseball, I mean, yeah, how many bats get sold, Yeah, right? Well, I remember when I was a kid, the high tops were a big yeah. deal. And, and, of course, they don't wear high tops anymore. But we always used to think that was perfect because it was supposed to theoretically protect your, your ankle, ankles. Yeah. It, it really wasn't. It was more of a show. But those were called Converse. And yeah. I think they're still around. I believe so. But... It is interesting. I, you know, the amount of money in pro sports today is just staggering. But it, you know, people complain about it. But you know, television, Dan. I mean, we, I work in radio mostly, and you work mostly in the writing field. Although you're doing a lot of stuff on the internet now too, which is writing. Um, but the television still rules the day, doesn't it? In in uh, the world of sports. Yeah, and I was just double double checking. If you want to go see the. Uh the history of sneakers that exhibited open still runs through April second. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. But um, 
Yeah, I'm not one of those guys who has, uh, will begrudge guys for getting these sneaker contracts or contracts in general because of what, have you, what you just talked about. The, the TV money has been insane. Um, attendance is higher than ever. Uh, ballparks are selling out. And it's because people are coming to see these players. People are coming to see Mike Trout in action or Buster Posey in action or see Madison Bumgarner pitch. So they get the money doesn't bother me. Um, and every time I walk into a ballpark from, from far away, you see the vendors out there and the hot dog workers and the, uh, the police are around the stadium. And I think all these people are working because of the talent of the guys on the ball field. So yeah. Good point. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't begrudge them. Um, I don't know how much I would pay for a pair of uh, Steph Curry sneakers. <laughs> well, see, and that, that's the next point I was going to make is that, you know, because people, the, the first thing they do is they, they complain about the player's salary because they say, well, see, then the ticket prices go up. Mm-hmm. And it's not exactly correlated because in one case it is because you figure, okay, there'll be more demand to watch Kevin, Dar- Kevin, Garnett, uh, Kevin, Garnett, Kevin Durant. Okay. However, if they say, well, if basically then uh, each ticket should cost $50,000, I guarantee you those seats are going to be empty. Except for a couple, so the idea, and, and once a game is gone, you can't resell that ticket. So there's a matrix as, as to which, um, and I think the Giants were really good about that. Um, yeah, but they were the first team, they weren't were the they, first, Dan, yeah. to to do that uh, that pricing of different, yeah. you know, for different. Like the Dodgers was coming to town, tickets would be more expensive, whereas somebody like the Houston Astros, they wouldn't charge as much. I mean, that, that to, to you, does that make sense uh, for teams to do that? Because it seems like it's been a popular thing, and a lot of teams have sort of copied the Giants, haven't they? Yeah, and I, I uh, it makes perfect sense. Um, I don't know. I just think about those people who split the season tickets and maybe sell off some games, somebody who, who yeah. draws their uh, Cavaliers, Warriors ticket mm-hmm. in the lottery will have a you know, huge advantage. It's, it's a different game than going to see them play the – Sacramento Kings or the 76ers, although that was a pretty good game. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Um, I mean, it's all supply and demand, yeah. really. Is what it goes. And it's, it's one of those, it's a, di- uh, a diminishing good, or I don't know what the, the specific term. Yeah. It, you know, same thing, like an airplane. Once the airplane leaves, you can't sell any more of those tickets. So I wonder if the object is not necessarily to be 100% occupied, because then you probably sold it a little too cheap. But if you get, you know, like 95% occupied, same thing with like a hotel room. You know what I mean? There's probably some magic formula that says if you're... Well, well I, it's let, let interesting me, you bring that up because yeah. looking at the ballpark, and Dan knows this better than I because I haven't been going out regularly to the ballpark for a number of years on a nightly basis, but you go out to Packbill, I guess it's called AT&T Park in San Francisco now, every game is sold out, but there are always at least four to 5,000 seats that are not occupied. Exactly. Now, a lot of people are moving around and getting food and they're checking out the sites, but there's those seats are not occupied and... I guarantee you those seats have been sold. Otherwise, they wouldn't say it's a sellout. So um, there's method to this madness, isn't there, Dan? Well, <laughs> yeah, I learned my lesson a few years ago when the Niners, let's see, I think it was maybe the last season at Candlestick Park or when the team was making the transition to, to Levi Stadium. Uh, I kept hearing from all these disgruntled season ticket holders about how their rates were being jacked up. Um, so I... Did a story and I quoted them all, explaining their hardship and how their tickets have been in their family for fifty years, and they're going to have to give them up, and their family rituals being disrupted, and how it's greed, greed, and all this stuff. And somebody from the team ticket office told me later that every single person I quoted in the story 
actually ended up renewing their season tickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, there's a lot of people bitching and moaning about the 49ers moving to Santa Clara, but I hate to say it, I'm a San Francisco native, but it made it made sense. They were never going to get a stadium built in the city. It just wasn't going to happen, at least for another five or six years. And they've been practicing in Santa Clara since 1988, so they're right next door. I mean, it makes sense. It's the mm-hmm. Bay Area team. Well, and uh, the the Warriors, uh, something like every time the game is on TV, they announce that you know 37,000 people are waiting. Right. You know, and you know, I'm thinking there's no way anyone else is going to get tickets for that. Yeah. Well, there's scalpers out there too. And we're, we're, as I was going to say, we're lucky, Dan. I mean, you you're covering baseball on a regular basis, and I'm still going out to the games uh, with my little freelance work. But you know, I haven't paid to see a game in. I, the last time I paid for a ticket was 1974 when I was tw- <laughs> when I was 22 years old. I went and saw the Sea of Hands game with my oh, dad yeah. uh, at the Coliseum. The Raiders beat uh, Miami that in the playoffs. A, a great game, one of the greatest games, probably the greatest football game I've ever seen. And the the cost of those tickets for the end zone second deck were twelve dollars to see that game, and there were I think twelve. Well, that Hall- was second deck, and that yeah. was in the end yeah. zone. Yeah, and, and I, this is nineteen seventy four. Twelve Hall of Famers were in that game, but you know it is a different world. There's probably twelve Hall of Famers playing in a big championship game today, so it's all relative, right? And you get to go to all the ch- the uh, um, I can go to playoffs any, and World basic, Series, basically. Although the Warriors are really tight now. Now, as far as covering the Giants, I mean, it's been a lot of fun, Dan, uh, because of the fact that they've been so successful lately. But different story with the A's, even though they have a hardcore group of fans there, um, it's almost like covering a minor league team, isn't it? Yeah, it's gotten a little bit um, rough. I mean, rough. I think every year you look at the roster and go, how's this team going to win? And there was that stretch there where they went ahead and won anyway. Um, and now they're not. So it is It is like going to a minor league game. You, you go into the locker room, you kind of scan a scan the room and think, okay, who do I need to interview today? Who do I need to talk to? And in terms of reg- name recognition, Stephen Vogt is now a two-time All-Star. Sonny Gray is is uh, coming off, you know, not long ago he was talked about as the, one of the best young pitchers in the game, but that's about it. Some good ball players, but in terms of <laughs> who's going to drive traffic to your website because you scored an interview with them, I don't think I don't think you're going to get that way. Yeah, you can't you can't keep interviewing the same guy all the time either. Yeah, yeah, that gets kind of old. Susan yeah. does a great job. She has been. We mentioned Dan Brown. If you just tuned in, Dan Brown joining us from the Bay Area News Group, longtime sports writer. His wife is a beat writer with the San Francisco Chronicle, covering the A's, and she's been doing it for, gosh, uh, close to twenty years. And and how many? There's got to be at least eight times that the roster has turned over during her uh, during her tenure as a, as a sports writer with the Chronicle. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, they used to, I don't know, uh, every year about this time I ask Susan, how are the A's going to be? Because she's been in spring training and she's seen them day to day and gotten a feel for what the clubhouse is like and that kind of thing. And last year she's taken it just saying, you know, I don't, I don't know. Because she correctly says, look, if the A's succeed, it's because there's some gem on the roster right now that Billy Bean discovered, that David Force discovered, that's going to pay off big time. But you can't look at the stat sheet and say, oh, it's going to be this guy. A few years ago, this is a bigger name than, than the example I'm kind of talking about, but Frank Thomas came in, started the season horribly, looked like he was done, whispers that maybe he should retire kind of on the spot, and next thing you know, he's in the MVP race. It's surprises like that that are the only way the A's stay afloat. So you know, maybe it's Trevor Plouffe this year comes back with 25 homers or 
Under Alonso is the guy who who discovers the stroke that made him a hot prospect once upon a time. Is it still the typical, you know, the dollars being paid? I mean, that's always been the situation with the A's. They just don't pay enough to get the good players. Yeah, what's interesting, the way they're talking about it now, and maybe this is thin, um, or maybe this is a long-term forecast, but a stadium now seems realistic enough. They're putting all the focus at the lower levels in the minor leagues, stocking up on young talent, so that when the stadium opens, they have a team worth coming to see. You know, it's going to grow up with the stadium. And the, the example that Billy Bean uses when he talks about that plan is the early or the mid mid-90s Cleveland Indians when Jacob Field opened and all of a sudden there's Jim Tomey and Carlos Baerga and Kenny Lofton and all these hot stars that they were able to not only have good seasons but keep those guys around a while. So that's the A's model. Open the stadium, have a good team, be successful. So it's probably dollars are playing a big factor but they're spinning it more as long-term vision. Yeah, before we okay. take a quick break, just yeah. relating to that, 1968, I mentioned the A's got here. They were a bad team in Kansas City, but they had built a farm system. They had some great players, and yep. we mentioned within a couple years, boom, three world championships. Well, Dan Brown, thank you so much for uh, joining us on Sports Econ 101. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Got to, got to mention Dan had a book, and we didn't even get a chance oh, to plug sure. it. We'll, it's okay. I'll That's tell you okay. what. We'll, pl- yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll plug it for him okay. on the on good next go-around. Yeah, yeah. Last trivia question. What did the Yankees do in 1966 that they had never done before? Oh, I know that one. You know the one, oh, too? Of course. Yeah. What, are you going to be three for three? Holy well, smokes. Well, Dan got the first one. Yeah, but you would have known it anyway. No. Oh, maybe not. Okay, that's okay. I didn't think Don Maddox. I didn't think Don Maddox. You didn't take him. Okay. Stay with us. He's a great player, but I didn't think. Sports Econ 101 will be right back with some closing comments. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. 
You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101 last time. For today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, question. What did the Yankees do in 1966 they had never done before? They finished dead last. That is correct. And, you know, two years before, they went to a seventh game of the World Series, but they were old, they... Uh, did not have uh, a good St. Louis farm. Beat yeah, yeah. Yeah. St. Louis beat him with Bob Gibson. They did not have a great farm system. And an interesting story, you know who was doing their play-by-play on television was a Red Barber. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and uh, I believe Mill Allen was still working with the yeah. team there, and I think one of the two of them got in trouble. I think it was Barber because they scanned the stands once on television and showed the empty seats at Yankee Stadium, and he made some mention of that, and management was just furious. <laughs> you can imagine. Now, Dan Brown was with us, but we forgot to plug his book. Yeah, Would you do that for real him? Real quickly, and it's a... God, I don't have the name of... I was hoping Dan would mention it. It's a Google but, it. Yeah, if you Google Dan Brown, San Francisco Giants... He wrote a book about two years ago that I think if you're a San Francisco Giant fan or just a baseball fan, you would love this book. It's all about the players, the teams, all only San Francisco, 1958 oh. to 2016. Great players, great teams, uh, great stories, and Good. it's a fun book. Excellent. Well, yeah. I would definitely want to get that. Yeah. All right. I uh, want to thank you again for always joining a, me. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, here's our thoughts for the day. Life will always throw you curves. Just keep fouling them off. The right pitch will come, and when it does, be prepared to run the bases. I like that, that one. That sounds good. And you got to hit it first, though. you got to hit it first. That's true. Yeah, good, good point. Yeah. And Yogi Berra said, and I, I, this is a new one that I didn't know he yeah. had said, Little League Baseball is a very good thing because it keeps the parents off the streets. Uh, I love that. That's Yogi. <laughs> He's so good. I uh, love that guy. Yeah. I know. Sad to leave him uh, last year, I think. Yeah, well, it? he had a good life. He, I think he, he was about 92. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad lasted a ninety three. You you make it past ninety, you're doing pretty well. Yeah, he he won a few uh, World Series he won, rings. He won more than any other Yankee. More yeah. than Babe Ruth. More than Lou Gehrig. I believe he won. I think twelve rings. <laughs> something just, like that. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. All right, <laughs> tune in next week to Sports Econ One Hundred and One. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team. I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long.